couple of months ago, I had dinner at a family's house, and it was a wonderful time. They have six children, and it was just great being with them, having a great time with them, having dinner, and enjoying the night. And at one point towards the end of our conversations, it came up that the parents of this family graduated from high school two years after I did. And I got to tell you, it was a really strange moment for me. It probably shouldn't have been. But it was one of those moments where it's like, wait a second. Like, you're adults. <laughs> you have six kids, and your life is all put together, and you're younger than I am. Like, it just felt really strange. Because I will tell you, being a priest is an interesting thing. In some ways, we have to grow up right out of the gate. Like, we're dealing with some very, you know, the hardest things in life. I mean, you're talking like death and grave sin and all of this, and you just got to face it right out of the gates in your late 20s. But at the same time, we can sort of be like perpetual adolescents in that like, I didn't get married, I don't have children, I don't have a, a house that I have to take care of. I mean, you all kind of provide for me in so many ways. Thanks for that, by the way, I really appreciate it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, you know, I don't think about being old enough to be taking care of little human beings, but the crazy thing is, is this family that has six kids, um, they're younger than I am. And it was just funny because I think in some ways it kind of encapsulated this sort of weird feeling right now in a lot of ways that it just feels like there's a lot of lack of leadership in the world. Like a lot of things we've always sort of looked to that were like, you know, so strong and, and wonderful in so many ways that it's just hard right now that who's the leader. And then all of a sudden it's like you realize, oh my goodness, like I'm an adult. Like I should be kind of, you know, leading the charge on some things. But then the difficulty is, is if you start thinking that way, you can all of a sudden start to feel like the weight of the world on your shoulders and just feel like, what in the world am I going to do? I mean, the world is just crazy right now. And it doesn't seem like from week to week it's getting any better. And I would say that as we hit this particular feast on the doorstep between the beautiful Christmas season, I mean, I got to tell you, in some ways, I'm so grateful that we got to sing that Gloria this morning. But in some ways right now, it's like, oh, man, that's the last time we're going to sing that until Christmas Eve, you know. And so I love getting to do that with, you know, the angels we have heard on high glory. And we're all singing it together. And it's lovely. And I got to incense the, the manger scene one more time because this is the last day of the Christmas season. And there's something so good, you know, about, like, knowing that, hey, I get to, you know, like, be at home and enjoy the wonders of the Christmas season, and it can just sort of feel safe and great, and yet, here we are now moving into ordinary time. But the beautiful thing for us is it's as though the church recognizes that and knows it. I mean, hey, we all are called to holiness. We're all called to be saints in this particular time, in the year 2021. We're called to do what our Lord has told us to do, but the good news is, even if you've kind of gone through the same thing I have, like, holy mackerel, I'm a grown-up, yet it isn't all on our shoulders. And when we look at this gospel for today, we can see why we have this great hope in Jesus Christ entering into his public ministry, beginning this with the baptism. And it's an interesting paradox because, of course, he is the Son of God. He's like us in all things except sin. And that's the interesting thing about this day. Why does he go down into the waters? Why does he put himself in this place to be baptized by John, with John's baptism of repentance? Because 
He's entered into all of this with us, going down into the very depths. And for anyone who's ever actually been to the Jordan River, you know it's not some big, majestic, beautiful, crystal clear, you know, glory that we're going to get bottled water from. No, it is muddy and it is gross. I mean, I'll tell you, when I was there and everybody's all excited wanting to jump in, I didn't. And I think the reason why is because it's like, well, I know that it's not just here at the Jordan. Yes, this is where it happened. It's incredible. But right there behind us, I guess one of the nice things about being here from Aston, you can almost look just beyond me, there's the baptismal font. And our Lord has gone before us into the depths. Our Lord and Savior, in that beautiful way that Isaiah foretells in the first reading, in this, you know, not quenching the wick, not breaking the reed, but coming to us and leading us towards those torn open heavens, he goes before us. Now, does that mean that we don't have a part to play? Of course not. By our very baptism, he gives us the same Holy Spirit that descends in the form of a dove today. He gives us that same Holy Spirit that's called down upon bread and wine that becomes his body, blood, soul, and divinity and is given to us. Yes, we do become grown-ups. We do have to go out there in the world and do something, but it's not all on your shoulders. And it's not all on my shoulders either. And I think one of my favorite images about the baptism of the Lord is it's almost like dad getting into the pool first and turning around to you and saying, jump in. You can trust me. And it's the truth for us too. As we set out into a new and uncertain year, right, in so many ways, feeling more uncertain than ever, and yet, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to have strong faith. We have to know the fact that he has gone before us. He went about doing good, you know, saving those oppressed by the devil. He continues to do the same thing today. Continues to be right in there waiting for us in the tabernacle, giving us himself in holy communion, taking the nature that he's given us and building upon it with his grace that we all might set about into the world to do what we're called to do in following him. We're entering into ordinary time. We're moving away from Christmas, and I always bellyache about it. I mean, I'm sorry. It's who I am. I love Christmas decorations. Mine at the house won't come down probably until February 2nd. I'm being realistic this year. Normally, I say St. Patrick's Day. Fine. I'm kind of in a new neighborhood. I don't want to think I'm that weird. But nevertheless, you know, I think it's so important for all of us in this Time so full of anxiety, so full of anger and just angst and consternation and all of these things, that we've got to stop every day and recognize that he's gone before us into the depths, into the murkiness, that he humbled himself to stand shoulder to shoulder with sinners who were being baptized by John in the Jordan. And my friends, he continues to do the same thing. He continues to be with us, continues to go before us, and reaches out his hands to us and says, you can trust me. Do not be afraid. And I think if there's one thing the devil is trying to do to all of us right now is to make us afraid, to make us despondent, to make us despair about the future. But we cannot do it. Our Lord set out before us. He humbled himself and went down into the depths. And as he came up, what happened? The heavens are torn open. And we've got to remember that it's entering into those heavens that is our ultimate goal. Not just preservation in some way in this life, but eternal life with him 
in heaven. And he has shown us the way. He has gone before. He has given us his baptism, poured out his Holy Spirit upon us, enlivened us so that we may go out there and show the world that fear is not the final word. That it's him who has overcome sin and death, our real enemies, and has showed us that they are not victorious, but his love is. I know. It's a terrifying thing to think, oh my gosh, I'm the grown-up in the room. I wasn't ready for that. It was a really weird feeling. Well, I will tell you, I told that dad later on about what I had this revelation. He goes, he goes what are you talking about? He's like, you're in charge of a parish. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's still really weird to think about. You know, it's funny. Sorry to keep going on these tangents. My best friend growing up is a Jesuit priest, and about a year and a half ago, he got made the principal of a high school in Kansas City. I've been a pastor now for, what, eight years? And I was like, you can't be a principal. You're too young for that. You know, it's so funny how it happens in that way, but all of a sudden, what God has called us to is there. He's given us this particular, particular life, this particular vocation at this particular time, but the glory is, is he doesn't just leave us to it all by ourselves. He gives us himself. He goes before us. He shows that entering into the depths, as scary as it may be, leads to the coming up, leads to the rending open of the heavens, leads to the Holy Spirit coming down and the Father proclaiming, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. We're baptized into that sonship. We are his adopted children. He stays with us. No matter how murky and dark those waters may be, do not be afraid to take that next step. To remember that he is with you, reminding you not to be afraid, reminding you to keep going, reminding you that he will be with you every step of the way. We cannot be afraid. We must have faith in him. Remember that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has gone before us. He is really and truly risen from the dead, and he is God with us. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.